rise up you mighty people from the California desert on July 24th, 2020. Thank you to all the listeners. I appreciate your listening and your dedication to all the bloopers, the whoppers, and everything in between. (laughs) Tonight I have something for you. Is this another, another online source? interestingliterature.com 10 of the best John Keats poems everyone should read. The best poems by Keats selected by Dr. Oliver Turley John Keats 17 95 to 1821 died when he was just 25 years old but he left behind a substantial body of work considering he died so young nevertheless a number of his poems immediately suggest themselves as being among the best of his work. In this post, we've selected what we think are the top 10 best Keats poems. Number one, Ode to Psyche. Yes, I will be thy priest and build a fane in some untrodden region of my mind where branched thoughts new grown with pleasant pain instead of pines shall murmur in the wind. The earliest of Keats' 1819 odes, quote, Ode to Psyche, is about the Greek embodiment of the soul and mind, Psyche. Keats declares that he will be Psyche's priest and build a temple to her in his mind. Although this is probably the least admired of Keats' classic odes, though Ode on Indolence would rival it, it's a fine paean to poetic creativity and the power 
of the imagination. Number two, Ode on Melancholy, another one of the famous odes, this time addressing us, the reader, directly and telling us the best way to deal with a case of the blues rather than trying to shake it off or ignore it. He says that we should allow ourselves to wallow in melancholy by dwelling on the transience of all things, including melancholy itself. But when the melancholy fit shall fall sudden from heaven like a sweeping cloud, that fosters the droop-headed flowers all and hides the green hill in an April shroud. Then glut thy sorrow on a morning rose or on the rainbow of the salt sand wave or on the wealth of globed peons this too shall pass as the old line has it to autumn number three to autumn Probably the most famous poem about the season in all of English literature, Keats's To Autumn is also one of the finest autumn poems in the language. Jonathan Bate has a fine analysis of this poem in his book of Eco-criticism, titled The Song of the Earth, which points up all of the contemporary allusions to early 19th century politics and history. It begins famously. Season of mists and mellow fruitfulness, close bosom friend of the maturing sun, conspiring with him how to load and bless with fruit the vines that round the thatch eaves run, to bend with apples, the mossed cottage trees, and fill all fruit with ripeness to the core. Bright star, this sonnet muses upon the fragility and in constancy of human life. It doesn't actually have a title, 
and instead is known by its first line, bright star. Would I were steadfast as thou art. Keats copied the finished version of the sonnet into a volume of the, the poetical works of William Shakespeare, placing his poem opposite Shakespeare's A Lover's Complaint. The first two words of the sonnet were used as the title of the 2009 biopic about Keats' life, Bright Star, starring Ben Wishaw as Keats. On first looking into Chapman's Homer, this sonnet focuses on Keats' initial encounter with an English translation of Homer's poetry by George Chapman, 1559 to 1634, likening the experience to that of an astronomer discovering a new planet, or an explorer sighting an unknown land. Curiously, the poem contains an error. Keats writes of, quote, stout Cortez, unquote, sighting the Pacific, but it was Balboa rather than Cortez, who conquered South America and would have stood up on a peak in Darien. Whether this mistake matters depends on your view of what Christopher Ricks has called literature and the matter of fact. La Mia, another product of Keats, Annus Irrevelous of 1819. La Mia is a longer, somewhat tragic narrative poem about Hermes' search for a beautiful nymph whom he finds thanks to La Mia a queen who has been transformed into a serpent. Whether fled Lamia, now a lady bright, a full-born beauty, new and exquisite, she fled into that valley they pass over. Who go to Corinth from Centuria's shore, 
and rested at the foot of those wild hills. The rugged fonts of the Piraean rills and of that other ridge whose barren back stretches with all its mist and cloudy rack. Southwestward to Cleon. This poem contains Keats' famous objection to science as a discipline which unravels the mysteries of nature and unweaves the rainbow. The Eve of St. Agnes, one of the longer poems to feature on this list. The Eve of St. Agnes is a narrative poem told using the Spenserian stanza, the nine-line verse form Edmund Spencer developed for his vast 16th century epic titled The Fairy Queen. St. Agnes Eve. Ah, bitter chill it was. The owl, for all his feathers, was a cold. The hare limped trembling through the frozen grass, and silent was the flock in woolly fold. Numb were the beardsman's fingers while he told his rosary, and while his frosted breath, like pious incense from a censer old, seemed taking flight for heaven without a death past the sweet virgin's picture while his prayer he saith. On a cold night in a medieval castle a young lover breaks into his sweetheart's chamber, hides in her closet, and then persuades her semi-conscious self to run away with him. La belle dame sans merche. This ballad is among Keats' most popular poems. It tells the story of a knight at arms who was seduced by a woman who was more fairy than human. You know the sort of thing. Lured back to her cave and then abandoned on the cold hillside. The poem inspired 
the title of Rachel Carson's groundbreaking 1962 work of environmentalism titled Silent Spring from the line of Keats' poem quote, and no birds sing, close quote. Ode on a Grecian urn. What men or gods are these? What maidens loth? What mad pursuit? What struggle to escape? What pipes and timbrels? What wild ecstasy? Her melodies are sweet, but those unheard are sweeter. Inspired by the scenes depicted on an ancient Greek urn, this is one of Keats' best odes. However, original readers didn't think so. In 1820, it was met with a lukewarm reception. Since then, though, its reputation as one of Keats' most polished poems has become established, including the famous final two lines, quote, Beauty is truth, truth, beauty, that is all ye know on earth and all ye need to know. Ode to a Nightingale Darkling I listen and for many a time I have been half in love with easeful death called him soft name in many amused rhyme to take into the air my quiet breath. Now more than ever seems it rich to die, to cease upon the midnight with no pain. While thou art pouring forth thy soul abroad. In such an ecstasy. Unlike the old on a Grecian urn. This fellow old was admired by contemporary critics and 
reviewers of Keats work. According to one account, it was written by Keats under a plum tree in the garden of Keats House, London, in May 1819. Keats was inspired by hearing the sound of bird song and penned this poem in praise of the nightingale. Like Bright Star, it is a brilliant poem about mortality and the lure of death and escape. F. Scott Fitzgerald took the phrase, quote, tender is the night, unquote, from this poem and used it as the title for his 1934 novel. Looking for a good edition of Keats' work, we recommend the excellent John Keats' major works, Oxford World's Classics, Discover More Romantic Literature with our pick of Percy Shelley's best poems and these classic William Blake poems. The author of this article, Dr. Oliver Tierley, is a literary critic and lecturer in English at Lockborough University. He is the author of, among others, The Secret Library, A Book Lover's Journey Through Curiosities of History and The Great War, The Wasteland, and The Modernist Long Poem. continue